Rebel listeners, this is Renee Coleman sitting at a, uh, a new location, but with my same co-host, Mr. Manny Chevrolet, the original Trouble Man for Trouble Times. Hello, Nation. How are you? This is, uh, as I said, it's a remote location. It's uh, a little bit closer to the lake. We're not going to say exactly where it is, but it's uh, an undisclosed location. It's a safe house, basically. A safe house. Basically, it's a safe house. We've moved to the safe house. Yeah. I think we've been displaced by uh, possibly some kind of uh, movie business foolishness. Yeah, Hollywood has displaced us this week. Um, And, you know, Hollywood is Hollywood. um, To some people, they're evil. And to some people, they're, you know, the greatest thing ever. But, yeah, we're here. um, The show must go on. The show must go on, Troubled Nation. And uh, I know you're all troubled, like we're troubled. Renee is troubled. I'm troubled. <laughs> clearly. You're clearly troubled. And that's why we decided to come to this safe house. Um, Try to get safe. Is it safe? Is it, yeah. As uh, Laurence Olivier once said to me and to uh, Dustin Hoffman, is it safe? Yeah. Is it safe? I have no idea. But we're... Uh, no. It's, we're in New Orleans. It's definitely not safe. It's not safe. And it's so fucking hot still. It's just... It's so hot, man. And like I said, I think I said this last week, the heat, man, the heat. Yeah, it's, it, it's still May, and it's, it's already, it's been in the hundreds a Yeah, few days. and you know what happens with the heat? I said this before, it's, it, it's the murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the murder, the crime, the murder, the rape, the murder. It just keeps going on, and the heat has a lot to do with it. Sure, sure, yeah. it doesn't help. It doesn't help, but of course... We'll forget about all that stuff t- by having a second line or a festival. You know, we'll forget right, right. about that stuff. <laughs> well, you know, I, actually, I heard the statistic. They were talking about immigrants coming from El Salvador to the U.S. And they were, they were uh, fleeing, you know, record levels of violence. Yeah. And they said, you know, in, in these regions of, of El Salvador, they have like 80 deaths, 80 murders per 100,000 uh Population. population. Yeah, yeah. I, said, I think we have about that's about yeah. what it is in New Orleans. I think so. <laughs> I hope they're yeah. not coming to New Orleans to escape the crime because Cause, I don't know they should go to Vermont or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, well, fucking. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about going to El Salvador yeah. if it gets any more dangerous here, man. Uh, yeah. Starting my own Martignard army and just taking over the country. I guess. <laughs> I have no idea, but that's. It's. I think. I think you said this about two months ago. Of, uh, if um, what was that you said? You said something about if um, if girls and boys would just have a lot more sex, then we wouldn't have all this crime. Well, I don't you think just, that's. You're kind of paraphrasing. Yeah. I think, I, I think uh, the 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 germ of the idea that you're referring to right, was, yeah. was you know I was, uh, I was seeing all the the troubled young men out oh, there. Oh, the school shooting. All the school shootings. Yeah, exactly. And just general, you know, general right. crazy crime wave out there. And, uh, you know, w- one thing I noticed was none of these guys look like they have girlfriends. Right, and right. I thought if these guys were, you know, had some kind of steady relationship, I think they'd be a lot less inclined to to engage in this this kind of mayhem, you know, they'd have more to lose. Who would want to do that, you know? If yeah, but if you look at these guys, there's no way my daughter's dating one of these guys. No, well, <laughs> I, I know. Not your daughter, but somebody's daughter. Somebody's you know? daughter. <laughs> somebody out in Florida or, you, you know, know Black some, Ozark, Tennessee or Kentucky. Yeah. tattoos, you yeah. know. There's, there's some girl for everybody, you know. Yeah. There's well, some, there is somebody some for everybody. I, yeah. Some, toothless hag for Yeah, you know? exactly. I don't know. You know. Um, no, there's no counting for taste, you know. Some people might, that, that might be their thing anyhow right exactly you know, who am i to presume that that's uh well yeah 
Who are you? You're uh, Renee Coleman, right? Yeah, I'm Renee Coleman. Yeah, and I'm Manny Chevrolet. And we're here at a safe house tonight, which is owned by... Well, you want a guest, do? yes. Yeah. We, we have our, our first guest yeah, that's actually going to appear on the show. It's actually going to be published. Our first guest is a great old friend of ours, Mr. Glenn Styler. Glenn, right. welcome. Let's clap it up. Well, Glenn, welcome. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, all right. He's going he's gonna to speak up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're doing over there, but it looks exciting to me. Is that like... Um, uh, a reverse colostomy bag? I have no <laughs> idea what that is. No, I'm just doing what I always do. It's just, uh, just it's vaporizing and having a drink with you guys. He's got all kinds of contraptions here, all kind of fancy uh, fancy German um, engineering in place. He's got a incredible uh, little salon set up here, amazing sound system. Well, listen, your place here is fantastic. I've never been here before. And if... Uh, if uh, if I need to hide out or get away from the wife, uh, can I come here? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that safe. It's, it's really only safe, safe for Brent. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not safe for Brent. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you you may already notice that even though his name is Glenn Styler, uh, the insiders call him Brent. Right. Because uh, that's his code name for evil. <laughs> <laughs> that's my middle name. Yeah, yeah. it is his middle name. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so evil. Well, yeah. Yeah, evil. evil is your middle name. Um, oh, so yeah, I don't know Brent. if you know about us. Uh, we're doing this podcast. I don't know if you heard it or not. Yes, I've but we heard just basically we just Renee hit me up, you know, months ago. Says let's do this. I said okay. So we just talk. So if you whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. And basically, we just air our grievances and bitch and complain and have a couple cocktails at the same time. Reminisce and, about the good times and good times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that sounds and, easy. Uh, why don't you give us a little history about you and Renee? Just brief, in two sentences. Okay, all right. Well, um, I first met Renee back in the 80s. Okay. He was playing with Alex Chilton. Okay. And, uh, I didn't know who Alex Chilton was, but I was trying to start my own band. Okay. And I wasn't Glenn Styler yet. Um, and Renee played bass with me on on some recordings i think was the beginning let me ask you something is he any good at bass yeah he's pretty good (laughs) yeah i've gotten better yeah he's gotten a little better over the years he was the first fretless bass player i ever met so i was really into that so he didn't wear a belt is that what you're saying (laughs) no 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 (laughs) no pants (laughs) no pants (laughs) (laughs) okay no but he was great and I wanted some real musicians to play with, and I got him right right off the bat. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Uh, and then some other people joined in, and we started the Glenn Styler thing. Actually, Glenn Styler was a, a a TV show, a public access TV show. Yeah, you're jumping way ahead in the in the in the story. I mean, we used to hang around. We had a, a little group of you know five six people friends that would hang out at brent's house and watch tv sometimes like watch cable access tv and mm. and uh, it was the 80s so that was huge yeah, yeah go- everyone goof could... on the people doing their their yeah. goofy shows and and one day we're watching we're like god damn we should do one of these we could do something much better than this so we actually did we did we yeah. we, we got a i think i saw that episode went and took the i uh, saw one of the episodes yeah yeah we, we 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 did a pilot you know with the idea of doing more well you know it's it's funny the way you have a group of people that are all super enthusiastic and then when you start having to make call times and and yeah. uh, stick to a schedule and do especially your work in this and town, stuff like man. that especially you know? in this fucking town man yeah so be there at 10 
what, 1145. tomorrow? Yeah. It's 11.45. It's 11.45, 12.45. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, we, we only wound up doing that, that pilot. But uh, it was fun. We, we shot a lot of stuff. And, and for the – Brent was the, the host of the show – and he invented a character to be the host, which was Glenn, Glenn Styler. Styler, right? Yeah. Well, always, yeah. You're Glenn. It wasn't Styler. meant to be anything right. beyond that, you know. But then he he quickly realized that this could be, and 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 he he'd started using a, a different singing voice than he had always used. Um, shortly before that, actually, uh, as kind of a goof on on a song that we wrote together, and <laughs> and uh, and it, it was kind of a you know a classic of- classic song form. And, uh, you know, he started doing this voice. I was like, ooh, that sounds really good. <laughs> you should use that. Yeah. Like Renee said, you should always sing that way. And I thought, yeah. are you kidding? Are you kidding me? And Did you want to be a rock star or just a crooner? Because well, I mean, you're, 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 it I came out being out, a crooner. I started out talk singing like Lou Reed. Oh, okay. Who was uh, my idol. So, uh, you know, and then Renee, you know, he said, wow, that that's like a, an authentic voice. You know, you should do that. And. So I cultivated it. Oh, okay. So yeah, the the it was it was very um, kind of organic process that uh, all this evolved, and you know, so Brent and I have known each other forever. You know, at, at different times we've taken turns parenting each other. Um, <laughs> it's worked out pretty well. You know, it's 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 coincides that. Uh, one of us has always been in, in a position to parent the other when when that became necessary. We've never never had both of us falling apart at once. That's true. Huh? <laughs> I think maybe we we sense you know it's like oh god I got to keep it together. <laughs> Somebody's got to. So uh, so yeah, we have a lot of uh, a lot of history and um, like uh, Brent had never been on the road with a band. This is way before Glenn Styler right. too, and. Uh, I Brent can play a bunch of different instruments. He's good drummer, good you know uh, background vocalist, good rhythm guitar player. Um, plays keyboards too. You know, a bunch of he's just generally musical guy. Knows a million references of music, and you know, it's pretty. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then anyway, so so uh, he wound up going out on the on the road with the Panther Burns as a drummer. Yeah way early on and that's definitely trial by fire you know when you when you get it go out there with going on the road stuff <laughs> no kidding yeah i mean yeah i never got used to that it was always really really difficult for me but renee was he was the one who mentored me you know he like showed me how to brush your teeth outside of a van on the side of the road <laughs> you know, like, things that you have to learn when you're on the road right yeah you yeah. know um but it was such a great experience. I mean, when I look back, that's probably the best thing that ever happened to me was getting to go on those trips and, you know, coming of age. Yeah. So there were major tours or just kind of like golf tours? or How many cities no, would you I mean, hit? We would do, like, with Green on Red, we did, like, what, two months or three months? Oh, yeah, months, so Green on Red, yeah. But... All through Europe. And, oh, okay, okay. Um, with Panther Burns, we did all of the U.S. and Canada. Yeah, right. Um, you were in Canada too, yeah, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was that was like a I don't know five six week tour or something. It was a, it was a good long time. Yeah. And after about like three days of of the conditions that the Panther Burns travel under, Brent's going, 
Renee, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't working out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to go home. <laughs> I can't I said, do this. So what are you talking about? He goes, uh, you know, you guys can get somebody else. I'm, it's, I'm not cut out. I said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. It's that's, too late. It's too late, a, yeah. It's not an option. Yeah. It's like signing up for the Army. Yeah. You don't get to go home. Yeah. Maybe like, you know, in a year you can go home. You're not <laughs> Private Benjamin over here, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just quit, you know? Yeah. yeah. Boy, I remember so clearly Renee saying, that's the lowest thing you can do is deserts a band on the road. That's just... He's right. That it is really is. That, that is true. And I mean, the only way to get out of it is if it. you OD and die. You know, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. you get kidney failure or yeah, something, yeah. they have to leave you behind. Yeah, exactly. Cannon fodder. Exactly. But uh, but Brent butched up. He he. It was just a momentary waver. You know, that's just everybody goes through those uh, those self searching moments. You know, <laughs> and he he butched up, and and by the end he was you know doing whatever needed to be done. Chewing nails. Well, my experience going on the road on tour with a band is that um, I did like three different tours. And I'd never done it before, but the three guys, the musicians in the band, it was two frontmen, me and my partner, who told, sang songs and danced and told jokes. But the three musicians were seasoned musicians. But I, two weeks into it, I realized that I was their babysitter. They were like, they were just, they were like, it's like, well, where are we staying tomorrow? You know, and all this kind of, it's like, you guys have been doing this forever. <laughs> this is my first time doing this. Right, right. You know, and now I have to be the road manager and all this kind of stuff and I've never done this before. So I just basically said, all right, you know what? Fuck you, I'm kicking ass. You know, you're staying in that room by yourself. You know, you're staying in this room, you know, so, but that was my real experience on the road. I loved it, though. I really loved the, I loved performing more than anything. The performance was the thing. And then hopefully, you know, getting laid after the performance was the other thing. Portland, great town. Yeah. Portland. I like Portland. <laughs> yeah, you meet a lot of people out there, see a lot of things, a lot yeah. of sights, a lot of new, new sights and smells and, and uh, <laughs> feelings. All right. Um, so, you know, I have uh, some, some notes here. Um, apparently someone was talking about uh, reading Yelp, Yelp reviews of uh, a funeral home. Now, did you know that, that, there were, that people were actually writing Yelp reviews of funeral homes? Why not? Well, okay, I did not know not? that, but talk to me. What? Oh, well, you know, so it just got me thinking. It's like, well, what other kind of Yelp reviews are there of things you would like? Do, are there Yelp reviews on prostitutes? Yes, there are. Oh, are, yeah. are drug dealers <laughs> or drug dealers <laughs> or like police stops? You know, like a you know sobriety. Well, I mean, stop it's endless if you think Yelp about it. It is that. endless. So, what was the review of a funeral? Do you have one? Um, well, the person was saying that that it was just you know after they had already seen the funeral and were really disappointed by the service. Then they went and looked it up, and they wished they, that they had before because there are a lot of terrible reviews. Said, My poor yeah. Sydney, He doesn't look like that at all. He doesn't look like that at all. Well, they made him look like this. It's like, no, it's a horrible. So have you read a lot of uh, unusual Yelp reviews, Brent? Oh, well, I don't really read Yelp reviews, but I do know that they review prostitutes on the Internet. Like where? 
Uh, there's, there's like, like what well, you have like a URL address we can uh, put no, a link, link to the in the to the podcast for, for our troubled remember. listeners. I can't remember. But. Well, I remember Frenchy, my drug dealer back in LA. He'd always cut you short a little bit, man. Yeah. You pay for a forty, and he'd give you like a thirty-five, something yeah. like that. So did so, you ever complain? No, well, I, there wasn't yell back uh-huh, then. Right. I used to complain. I go, man, this is light. This right is light, the, dude. Right, right on a bathroom wall. <laughs> yeah, Frenchy saw Frenchy shorts you all the time. But he was one of my best friends at the same time yeah, too. So they, they, you know. they would people would say that's part of the game. Yeah, well, that is part of the game. But uh, yeah, but uh, Yelp reviews for funeral services, Yelp reviews. I, I, I've, you know, I've read them for restaurants when, like, all of a sudden it's like an anniversary. Yeah, or, yeah, I, have, I know they have them for restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty common. <laughs> well, and I guess they have them for movies, right? And well, yeah, uh, there, there are reviews for movies. What about man? shoes? Do they <laughs> yeah. have shoes. Yelp reviews for shoes. <laughs> I, I you guess. Know, what about Yelp reviews for religions? Because I've got a lot of <laughs> comments about religion. Well, maybe you could start posting some. Yeah, I don't know. I'm too lazy to do all that shit. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a lot of work, doesn't it? To, I mean, it's almost too much work for me to like say anything on on any crowdsourcing apps. You know, ways I read it, I use it, but you know, I guess I'm a selfish user. I just I just read it. I don't ever post I anything. I just you know. I just think there's. Who has the time? I don't don't have the time. I mean, I'm not like you know. I think you have to be one of these kids who's 16 years old and just stays in their bedroom and just does all this stuff. And I don't have. I don't really care. That's the thing. I don't really care. It's like you didn't like your funeral. Well, then you know he's dead. She's dead. It's too late for that. (laughs) You know. Yeah. What's the difference? They're dead. Well, the funeral is not for the for the person who dies. Clearly, you know. Of course, it can be, it can be rated. Uh, why wouldn't it be? Well, no, there can definitely be better funerals or worse funerals. For sure, for sure. All right. I think Shane does a nice job. I've experienced uh, some. I think they're a reputable company. Shout out to Shane Funeral Home. Shane Funeral Home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Right. Boltman was always my favorite. Boltman? Oh, okay. Man. Gasoline in a match is always my favorite. Oh, That's right. my favorite funeral. Okay. <laughs> a pyre, a funeral pyre. Yeah. And he's going old school. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I'm donating my body to LSU. Oh, okay. Um, and they'll take you as long as you don't have bullet wounds or self-inflicted wounds. Maybe or... you'll be their next quarterback this year because <laughs> they need one badly. <laughs> <laughs> no, the medical center. <laughs> well, you're, you're. I guess you're. You know, you're betting on yourself that you're not going to wind up with any bullet wounds. Right. I hope not. Well, it is New Orleans. We already even, covered e- that. Even if you get mangled in a car accident, they won't take you. You have to be in good shape so that the okay. students can use you. Well, that's funny because uh, I lost my license a couple of weeks ago, and I went to the DMV to get a new license. And so I'm paying for the new license and all that. They go, "Do you want to donate your organs?" I said, "Now." I kind of want them. I kind of need them, right? Do they even uh, acknowledge your joke? Yeah, they. She goes, "Ah, do you or don't you?" (laughs) It's like, no, I I don't think so. Not right now. I'll give you the twenty bucks. Give me my new license, okay? And the fuck thing about it was, I spent four hours at DMV, and then I get home. The very uh, get home, and I dropped it on the street near where I work and someone found it and mailed it to me oh, oh wow so yeah so now I have two licenses 
So I can get across that border anytime I did want. They, <laughs> did they invalidate the previous one? Or? I have no idea. Maybe right. they did, but, you know, push comes to shove, you know, I can, you know. Right. Are you, are you making popcorn looks, looks over like there? Right? You, <laughs> yeah, Jiffy Pop. You can Jiffy Pop. All right, well, listen, we, me and Renee, when we do this show, we like to talk about things we've heard about over the past couple of weeks or whatever. Just jump in. Jump in. Jump in uh, anytime you comment. want. This is something I've been... I don't know if we talked about this before, but this is something I've been seeing more and more, and I have no problem with it. I just want to put it out there, and maybe you guys can have an opinion on it, but... I watch a lot of television because sure. I, I watch a lot of TV because I'm just I'm a couch potato because I'm I'm an old man and I can't, I, I'll go play tennis with my daughter. Other than that, I I physically don't can't do. I want to talk about something else. Okay, this is something you guys enjoy. Friday around six o'clock this last Friday, it's Memorial Day weekend. I get a text message from this person. This person named Zoe. She says, "Hey, Manny." It's Zoe and Patrick from St. Philip Street. We're moving to France, and we're having a going-away party this Saturday. We'd love for you to be there. And I was like looking at this going, who the fuck is Zoe and Patrick? I have no idea who these people are. I have no idea. And then 90 seconds later, I get another text from my friend Josh who says, Hey, Manny, is it all right if I give Zoe and Patrick your contact info? Because they're having a party and they want you to go there. Okay. He's like, all right, well, you've already given them my contact (laughs) info because they've already texted me. I said, yeah, okay, sure. So I said, yeah, I'll come to your going away party. I kind of remember you. Yeah, did you? Um, yeah, yeah, I kind of remembered, because uh, right, okay. I'd met them the year before during Jazz Fest. Okay. Uh, my kid and their kid was uh, selling lemonade together. Oh, okay. Like that, sure, sure. Know. Nice people. Yeah, yeah, he's French, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I go to the, the next day, I go to this party, and here's the thing, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I don't know these people, and then my friend Josh is telling me about these people, and I'm thinking to myself... Is this is this is my wife's last chance at intervention for me? Uh, <laughs> how so? <laughs> well, because I'm thinking she's like, oh, go to this going away party, man. But it's going to be your intervention, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I I go to this party the next day in the Marini, and I walk in, and there's a big sign, a huge sign saying, "Take off your shoes." I'm like, "Take off my shoes." I mean, if, and then I look at, there's like 40 pairs of shoes in front of me. Uh-huh. I'm going, if you want to protect your floors, don't have a fucking party. Okay. You know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's a bit excessive. Yeah. Everybody just like, take their shoes yeah, off. Yeah, take your shoes. So I took off my shoes. I go in. I'm there for about an hour or so before I like get pissed off and I want to leave. Uh-huh. So I, I'm leaving and I decide to take some shoes with me. <laughs> But not both shoes. I take so one, one of shoe, each. One of each. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now you have a unique pair of shoes. No one else has yeah, this set. Of, I, well, I, one other person has yeah, one a other, set of shoes yeah. close to like this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's what I did. This pretty week, creative, man. I like that. Well, you know, I'm, I'm very troubled, Renee. I'm very well, troubled. Well, I can see why. <laughs> you have two different, two non. Yeah, my wife's shoes. trying to have interventions. Well, I, you know, all I want to do is drink. And, and <laughs> so let's see what you guys think about this. Uh, I was at this gig a couple of weeks ago, 
and it was actually at the Circle Bar and really crowded and everybody's having a great time all dancing there's someone up up front that starts whistling after a tune with like where you put your two fingers in your in your mouth and you can whistle super loud. She doesn't do it at max super loud volume, but I already as she does it the first time. I'm like, whoa, okay, well, we don't need that. She's a good whistler. We don't huh? need that too loud in the small room. So right. that's cool, you know. But she's in a good mood. Everybody, we're all having fun. Good, nice. So I was like, yeah, um, yeah, glad you didn't do that any louder than that. You want to keep that to a minimum. So then, next tune, she's whistling again after the tune. I'm like, okay, like let's for sure let's uh, stop with the whistling. You know, clapping is good. You're not a fan you know? of the whistle. Well, it's just like super piercing and loud and really distracting. And then, so we're playing the th- third tune, and now she's like kind of whistling in the middle of the tune, <laughs> like kind of loud, like she's she's in. Moments when she's getting excited, you know, the solo's building to a peak and she's, you know, she'll whistle real loud. And I'm looking at her now, I'm starting to get pissed off. Now it's starting to get to me. It's getting in my head, you know. I'm thinking, okay, Renee, just ignore this, get through the tune and say something to her. So I did. I, you know, just tried to not, not look at her, not pay attention to her. So then the tune was over and I said, Look, miss, I asked you nicely a few times. I'm telling you, do not whistle in here again. And then Joe Cabral looks over at me. He's like, okay, hey, you know, uh, you, you know, Renee doesn't come to your job and uh, knock the brooms over. And, and, and I was like, what does that mean? He goes, I don't know. I'm just trying to keep it light here. He's like, miss, look, he did ask you nicely. Please don't, uh, don't whistle anymore. Because here's what's going on. She was deaf. she's you know we're all there in a a moment together the bands play and the crowds into it it's uh, you know a communal experience and we're all trying to lose ourselves and here's this one person that's going to do something that's going to totally pull your attention and uh and distract you and kind of ruin it for everybody I don't know. Am I totally off base here, Brent? You're just sitting there looking well, at me. Uh, you know, I would have put a microphone stand bass through her chest if she did that. <laughs> well, you got to speak up and say that. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, maybe she, in her own stupid way, thought she was contributing. Well, yes. You know, like her enthusiasm, she thought maybe it was contagious and working in your favor. Right, right. It's like that's pe- possible. Well, yeah, and that's why, you know, when you, you're you not mad right off the bat and you tell them nicely a few times, I, I would compare it to like a heckler in a comedy right, show. Yeah. You know? Hecklers, a lot of times, they think they're making the show better. Yeah, no. They no, never no, are. No. <laughs> Did you offer to give her her money back and leave? No, no. I, I, I was, that would have been what I... No, well, here, I was, I was one or two sentences or one or two whistles away from saying, okay, now you have to leave. <laughs> but I knew that would be a bummer. It would not be fun for the room. So I was really just trying to get you. over it and just have her, you know, behave so herself. So basically, she, you know, she was a very good whistler is what you're saying. Like one of these people that can whistle super loud. Like yeah, they can do loud. like bird impersonations with their whistle. Well, you know, you so, put their... Like, you yeah. well, see, I, I can't whistle. I, I can't never, whistle at all either. I can't whistle at all. I've never been able but to whistle. This is a person that can do it like painfully loud, you know, like it would really hurt your ears if they did it as loud. So as I'm wondering, did tons of cabs just go around the circle bar <laughs> during this whistling? No, but... Um, <laughs> 
But I mean, um, so that that would be annoying, especially in that small venue like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, that's place seats only like like right thirty there, she's people, like right? Five, you know, yeah. five people away from me. Yeah. I would have punched her. <laughs> was she what? Was she with anybody? Or, you know, or she just. And how old was she? Was she? Uh, was she like she someone was, who was an iguanas fan from way yeah, back, or just no, came? I didn't and, recognize her, but you know, she was a pleasant enough person. She was, you know, probably in her forties or something, um, and having a perfectly nice time. And you know, that's why I couldn't understand why it took us so. So well, I agree with reach a I, I was, of the minds. I agree with Mr. Styler over here. I would have put a microphone stand in her chest. Well, I was trying to I was trying to keep <laughs> it cool. I, I managed to. But it's uh, a good gig for you guys. Or you, you could want, say, yeah, somebody, yeah. please make her stop. <laughs> There's always, you know, that fan. That, There's actually a few people in our fan base that if I said that, they yeah, would they right. would be manhandling her. But I didn't want that either. I mean, there would be it wouldn't be men. It would be oh, other, it would other be women, great. other men, women, women handling her. <laughs> we don't have a bunch of guys that would start mm. pushing a girl around. It'd be great well, if you had a dog whistle and she heard it. You know, it's, you know, really, it's not that common to have a female heckler, though. Yeah, like it's I said, some it was, idiot guy. Yeah, it started off good natured. She just was, you know, not getting the picture quickly enough. Anyway. Um, well, having hecklers is a horrible. I mean, it can be rough. I've been through it in, in during my shows and stuff like that. You know, where you're tell you're trying to just tell jokes. You got like you know, I've never done more than like twenty minutes of material in the stand up circuit, and I've always opened for somebody else or whatever that kind of stuff. And you know, basically, you're the you're the shit they want to shit on before the big guy comes on. You know, so I mean. The best, you know, you come up with comebacks and stuff like that. And, you know, if they don't dig it, it's like, okay, whatever. I'm just moving on to my jokes. And it's like, you suck. Well, you know, I'd say, you swallow. You know, <laughs> things like that, you know. You know, or, you know, I'd say, you know, uh, you can go home now. Your cage is clean. <laughs> that kind of stuff, you know. This is old, you know, old stuff that's been used for years and years and years. But I... I don't think I ever got to a point where I was going to tell the guy or the gal to, like, you know, I want to put a microphone stand in them. No, no, no. You know, <laughs> but I get it. You're a musician, you're an artist, and you want to play the best show you can. If someone's ruining the song by whistling, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then I get it. You know, I, yeah, I get um, it. I, now I, it seems like I'm making too much of it. Was it a special occasion like Mardi Gras or something? Um, it was, uh, I think it was actually Cinco de Mayo. Ah. So not that that's a special occasion, but it was, you know, we promoted it as a, as, as a special occasion. Special occasion. <laughs> sure. And people treated it like one. It was, yeah, they were there. No, it was, it was a very successful. Was gig. she a local person or I didn't recognize her. But uh, as I say, she stayed and everything was nice. She, we we all got past the, the little bump in the road there. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of bumps in the road, I was talking to Brent. We were reminiscing. Who's Brent? Glenn Styler <laughs> here. But when he, when he was still in the, the Brent character, uh, yeah. he, he was uh, on the road with, we were on the road with Green on Red. In, yeah, I remember All that. over Europe. Yeah, it was a band from California. Yeah. Originally from Tucson, but through L.A., I guess. Yeah, and they then, were in L.A., a band. And then we wound up in the band through, like, the Memphis Dickinson, Jim Dickinson connection that he produced a couple of their records. And uh, so then we, we went out on the road and, and 
took Brenna's like uh, rhythm guitar, keyboard, background vocalist, you know, utility man, um, and uh, and we we played in Greece, and uh, that was a wild time. But then we took a ferry back from Greece to the tip of of Italy, which is this town Brindisi. And we had to get on a train and go from Brindisi overnight to Florence. It's a pretty long trip, I don't know, 400 miles or something. And we got on the train and it was so packed. And the Southern European trains suck. Yeah, yeah. The Northern European trains are excellent. The Southern ones suck. We got to this town, Brindisi, in the you know, like late morning. Brent DC? <laughs> no. <laughs> so why don't you tell the story? Um can we can we uh can we take a little break and make some more drinks here? Yeah. And, and, Second uh, half of the story coming up. And we're back. We're back. It was, yeah. uh, it was quick. Didn't Part have two. To, didn't have to deal with uh interacting with the Yolanda. Bar, bar staff. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say we maybe uh we can get somebody to come in here and scrape chairs in about 20 minutes. Scrape the chairs right. really loud on the floor. That's how we'll know we, it's time to, to start Renee, isn't this a time up. where we tell people uh, about how to like us and stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so we are on, uh, on different uh, forms of social media. We have, uh, you know, at Troubled Podcast on Twitter. Um, we have a Troubled Men Podcast uh, Instagram account can uh, write to us at uh, troubledmenpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, that's... Uh, please do send us yeah, whatever like you want. Us. Send us, like us. Yes, go on go on iTunes and, uh, you know, rate us and, uh, and review us and recommend us to your friends or your enemies. If you, if you think there's someone well, who's that's feelings, the big thing, feelings telling, we might hurt, yeah, please it, tell them about the show. You don't have to like us or love us or hate us, or, but just tell other people about it. That's, I think, the most important thing, don't you think? Yes. Uh, doing this kind of thing? Yes, yes, of course. Because yeah, I, I don't get I, I, Yeah, you just want people to listen to you. you know? <laughs> just somebody to listen yeah, to Yeah, yeah. You know, I sit there at home for the past 15 years, married to my wife, and I talk and I talk. and She's heard it all. She, she, She's heard it all before. Well, she just gets going, yes, dear, yes, dear. Right. right. Anyway, but I'm the same way with her. But yeah, just go out there and, and spread the word, nation, because I know you're all troubled out there. I know there are so many more people out there troubled more than me. Because <laughs> I, gr- I, I have grievances about, you know, the cashier giving me a certain look. Right. You know, but, but when she said it's going to be 142.50 for your groceries, and I, I said, okay, fine. She gives me this look because she has to bag the groceries, you know. But anyway, uh, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm troubled, and people out there are troubled. And you know, listen, if we can joke about it, that's the best thing. Yes, yes, and this, yeah. the, you know, so I don't the, want you going out there, you know, uh, don't by, hurt anybody. Yeah, don't hurt anybody, nation. Just go out there and laugh about it. Yes. And I guarantee you, if you tell your troubles to other people, they'll laugh too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're here with... uh, You go on, Renee. I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, Well, well, we we had been talking about uh, this this story where we're... You guys were in Italy. Yes, uh, we're in Brindisi, Italy. We get there. uh, There's no cigarettes to be sold because it's a Sunday. 
we're all out of cigarettes. Some we we search around. We walk and walk and walk and walk and walk. And fucked, finally, <laughs> finally find a place to buy cigarettes. So we all buy cigarettes. And then we have to go to the train. It's time to get on the train. We get on. It's so crowded. There's people with cardboard boxes with ropes tied around them and like everything but chickens. You know, there's no chickens that I see, but you would expect to see them. And every inch of of train space is totally occupied by. All these, you know, everybody from the guy looks like uh, dressed like a crossing guard with some kind of ridiculous military uniform with a fucking sword on his side to people that look like peasants that just came up out of the out of the farm. Or the women who are mourning the deaths of like, you know, uh, family members, you know, constantly. Possibly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're still dressed in black. For yeah. The past yeah, 25 yeah. Yeah. Years. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, exactly. You got the scene. So our band climbs on this this train and we're literally standing up in the aisle. There's nowhere to even sit down. And, uh, and we're it's freezing cold. Uh, oh, you you tell some of it, Brent. Uh, well, you finagled a, a a seat somewhere in in one of those little cabins or whatever they call. Well, them. we're we're skip. Okay, so so we're all standing out there, and we we we. We're sitting on these seats that would kind of fold down in the in the walkway, but there was just like a little stool that would fold off the wall. You're sitting on that, but anytime somebody passed, you'd have to like move out of their way. Right? Yeah. You know, it's like murder in the Orient Express. Right. Man. Right. And, and then sometimes the train would stop, and everyone would fast fall forward. Off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so uh, we're out there, and Chuck Prophet comes around, and he goes, "Hey, Renee, follow me." And I, I start following him, and he, he goes into this this uh, private cabin kind of thing. And there's, like, two seats there among a family. And he goes, sit down over there. And we both sit down, squeeze in among this family. And and uh, we stayed there all night. But Brent got left out with the leader of the van. What happened, Brent? <laughs> oh, God. But how old is how old are you now? Like twenties, thirties? How old are you? How old am I? No, at this time in Italy. Oh, you're in your thirties, huh? Yeah, I guess. Okay, thirties, you can still handle that shit. <laughs> Once that like forty oh, yeah. something comes over, yeah, like, I'm not dealing with this shit. Yeah, I could handle it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I got stuck with Danny, the singer, and that guy just would not shut up. <laughs> and for like, it felt like. Six straight hours. I don't know how many hours it really was, but it was freezing cold. Yeah. I'm sitting half of my ass on one of these things that folds down from yeah. the outside wall of the train. It's a piece of metal, you know. And I'm trying to, you know, somehow find a way to make that make sense to sit on it. And Danny's standing behind me just yakking in my fucking ear, just going on and on and on and telling me about how educated he is and how well-read he is and how, you know, well-connected he is and how many important people he knows and, you know, all the people with money that he knows and things that I have no connection with, you know, I just, I couldn't relate to him in any way and I don't know what he was trying to do, but... But it was very clear to me that we were like two completely different species, you know. And do you know what he's doing now? He's around. Yeah, he's he's still around. 
and I, I mean, I, well, I like, know he's around. I liked him <laughs> you know, on, we're all still on some level. I did like yeah, him. No, you know, he's 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 doing fine. You know, he's, he's is he plays. still singing? Yeah, I think he's still singing. Yeah, I think he still the, the, he still does gigs and and writes and uh, you know he lives maybe uh, somewhere in the southwest. He had a cool a good attitude uh, as far as a rock star goes. I mean, I could agree with the way he his worldview. But so you didn't finish the story, so you're there on the train, <sighs> and finally you had it had enough. Right? Oh yes, oh god! That so finally I just I turned to him and I said, "Shut up, Danny! I don't want to hear another word from you," and something like that. And he got off the train. <laughs> At the next stop, he got off the train, or uh, he jumped off the train. Well, it must have stopped. <laughs> must have been the next stop. It stopped at a stop that had nothing there. There was nothing there but a bench with a, a covering over. So it's it. like Butch Cassidy going to and Sundance <laughs> kids going to South America. Train, yeah. he got right. off and just went and sat Bolivia, on the bench man. and looked Bolivia. down at the ground, looked down at his feet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so sick of him, and he had just upset me so much uh-huh. that I just thought. Good, you know. <laughs> Good. But as the train Good. pulled away, I felt really guilty. You know, like, oh my God, what is he going to do? It's freezing outside. It was too. so cold. I yeah. thought it was snowing, but Renee says it wasn't. So then, so then, Chuck and I like wake up the next morning, you know, and we're uh-huh. coming out of the that that little sleeping room, and yeah. we were just sitting up the whole night. But you know, we were I was scowling in, in a room. We, we come out, and we're like, oh God, and we're like. What happened to Dan? Where's Dan? And Brent Where's goes, our lead singer? Where's our lead singer? Well, last time I saw him, he was standing on the train stop as we were pulling away. We were like, what? He said, yeah, he just got off the train. Yeah, that sounds great. Oh, we're like, wow, that's crazy, <laughs> man. That well, you know, so you were crazy. You referred to the, you know, you get into a boxcar or whatever. And especially in the southern trains in in uh, Europe, the southern southern Europe, right? Because you talked about there's everything in there but a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In like 1985, 86, I went to the south of Spain to work on a film. Okay. In Almeria. Uh huh. And I realized very early on this film uh, was going to be made, but it was is going to be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> So I spent about three weeks there, and then I said, well, you know what, I'm Europe, first time in Europe, I'm going to travel around. I'm just going to travel around. Right. So I'm in El Maria, the southern, one of the southernmost parts of Spain. And um, I get a ticket to a train to Madrid. Uh-huh. I say, you know, one way to Madrid. And I get on this, uh, I have this whole sleeping car to myself. I mean, it's just like, there's a... Right. There's two bunks, and then there's two benches uh-huh. that are very cushioned. It's, like, it's all to myself. Wow. And I'd been partying really heavily, so I fell asleep. And then this refers to being everything but the chicken. Uh-huh. Well, halfway to like uh, Madrid, <laughs> I wake up. After leaving from El Maria, I wake up, and there's like... There's like seven families in this car, <laughs> seven different families all there, and I'm I'm like sleeping, and they didn't bother me. Uh-huh. They're all like sitting around me and stuff like that. <laughs> it's straight out of a fucking movie, and I get oh shit, what happened? You can keep talking, oh, you're fine. Oh, what happens is I get up, and I realize I you know I just woke up and stuff like that, and I get up. There's like these families. 
and there's like like four of them holding chickens. <laughs> 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 you know, they're bringing their chickens <laughs> they didn't on this trip. <laughs> they don't want to leave it at home. Chickens like to travel. And you know what? Ha- you know what? My wife said to me three days ago. What? You know, because we're doing this like addition and all that. Maybe so we all right. should get some chickens. She wants chickens. All right. All I'm right. sitting there going, "There's no fucking way. I don't want chickens." I don't want that blind cat that lives with me right now. But I live with two women, Brent, so what am I going to do? Well, I grew up with all women in, in the house. I know what that's like. Yeah. But, you know, chickens are not as easy as people think. Yeah. You know, you really do have, if you want to really take care of chickens, it's a responsibility. So you might tell Marion to read up on it. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a public service announcement from <laughs> from Brent about chickens. So what was your favorite story from uh, being on the road with uh, either one of those bands? What about Norwich? Do you like that, that story? Uh, that was okay. That yeah. was interesting. I read about Yes went to that very place. Really? Yeah, they went there and reco- and worked on... A new album, which was, I think, turned out to be going for the one. We uh, we got presented with this idea one time when we had a few days off on the road in England. And they said, uh, what do you think about this? We could go to the studio. It's out in the middle of nowhere in Norwich, England. And it's a really cool studio house, and you can stay there for three days. And record. And you can yeah. record this thing for the BBC while you're there. And they'll have somebody come in and cook for you. And thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. That sounds nice. You or. Know, be in the studio, and we can hang out and record as much as we want, you know. And so then they deliver us there. The bus drops us off, and the bus leaves, I think. And we're like, I don't know, half a mile, a mile from the nearest store to buy cigarettes and there's a woman who comes in a couple of times a day to make you some undercooked chicken (laughs) that we're all afraid to eat and the studio was locked up until the final day that we were there so we couldn't even use the studio we just had to wait till that last day and then just do the work that we had it wasn't like we got to hang out and record the whole time which is the so way we they gave you a, a room though right well yeah we had uh, we had beds to sleep in but we were in the middle of nowhere in england and you know but i understand what was recorded there um we did something, and yeah, we did a few songs there. I was with Greg Elmore on drums from uh, Quicksilver Messenger Service. It's quite a band there. The two guys from Green on two two uh, songwriters from Green on Red plus. But me. I understand. So they gave this. You can go. They said you can go to the studio for three days and record. Right. Well, you'll be at you'll be staying at this studio. Yeah. But what was the other option? Just to st- just to stay. Well, I mean, we never got to the other option because when they p- pitched it to us like that, we thought, "Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, let's do that." Uh, okay. All but right. then when you get there and you see the reality doesn't quite match the. Well, uh, I thought you were going to say, "Yeah, you have this three days in a studio, you know, all the recording time you want, and all this, you know, this." 
But you could have this, which would be no, stained. It wasn't, it wasn't let's make a deal. Oh, okay. There was no door number okay. two. I mean, right, I guess, yeah. you know, we could have said, no, we're not going to do that. And then, So what if you said no? Then they would have packed us off to some hotel and we would have sat there for three days. Oh, okay. All but, right. you know, it probably would have been closer to a town, but I don't know. So right. then, like, closer to like, cigarettes. Like, like, one of the guys in the yeah. band, like, immediately runs out of whatever whatever speed he was on or right. something. So, so he's, like, jonesing out. around, you right. know, yeah. getting all, all overhyped. And who hasn't been there? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, who hasn't been uh, the there? Middle of the fucking yeah. solitude. Yeah. Crushing, it's, it's, crushing It's the solitude. worst feeling in the world, man. <laughs> it's the fucking worst feeling in the world. And that, I, I don't know. Yeah. So you have no comment on any of that, Brent? <laughs> um, I remember it was a real druggy time. Was it? Well, yeah. I don't think so. I, I mean, do. I know for me it was. Yeah. I remember I didn't much care what we did. Oh, uh, well, oh, you know, I do remember on that, that, that same trip, a uh, time when we were in Copenhagen, and we were in a hotel room, and we sent one of the guys out in the band to go see whatever was out there in the, the local, you know. The, you know what? I've been one of those purveyors. guys before. <laughs> and and we're all we're all watching from the window and we can see it all going down and while this is happening a policeman walks up oh, no. and asks for the for the guy's uh passport and we're going oh fuck man oh fuck look at this look at this oh no so the guy like takes his passport but he's still standing there doing the thing and then the cop comes and brings his passport back and then leaves. And then our friend comes back up to the room. We're like, what the fuck happened? He goes, I just wanted to check my passport. <laughs> <laughs> so all those people on, on the street, those were fans, right? <laughs> no, those were drug dealers. In Copenhagen? <laughs> oh, oh, well. Yeah, no, those were drug dealers. <laughs> <laughs> but the cops, you know, the cops, it's, uh, you know, it's a more open society. Well, yeah, it's there. very open. You know, when I was in that part of the world, uh, yeah, it was just like, uh, you know, they were like, uh, can uh, you're riding this bicycle? And I said, yeah, because they told me I could ride this, ride this bicycle and just drop it off anywhere I want. I said, see your passport? To, fine. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's my bike story. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one out of the way. <laughs> but listen, um, this is how confused I am and troubled I am, uh, Brent. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, a friend of mine had major surgery, and I went to visit them the next day. And, you know, I'm not a religious person. Don't do the religion. I don't know if you do. I, I no, of course. No, not. of course. Yeah, you wouldn't do. It. You, you would do the colostomy bag here. Um, but anyway, um, so this person's recovering from surgery. It's like twelve hours later, and I'm at this hospital, and all of a sudden, this woman walks in, and she's got like a collar, like a priest collar. She's whistling really loud. Yeah, she's whistling really loud. Yeah, but she's got this, you know, like she's a Catholic priest kind of call. She says to my friend, well, I'm here as a so-and-so from this church, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to receive communion? And my friend says, yes. So they do the whole nine yards, you know. I don't, I don't know what they do. Right. But 
then it's all over and done with. They give the communion wafer and all that kind of stuff. And she blesses my friend, blah, blah, blah. She walks out of the room. I'm thinking to myself, it's like 8 o'clock in the morning. I didn't eat breakfast or anything. I'm really hungry. It's like, you don't offer me? What? I'm standing here. You don't want to know if I want a wafer? You know? What's the deal with that? Well, lots of people would be totally repulsed by being approached by some Catholic person. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just thinking to myself, it's like I'm in the room at the same time. She, she didn't offer you communion? She didn't offer me no, communion. No, because he probably, she assumes he probably isn't even Catholic. Well, he no. looks pretty Catholic. Yeah, I mean, look at me. Yeah, look at me. <laughs> he I really mean, does. Yeah, I do. He I, looks I, like a priest. Yeah, I, I look like a priest. I look like someone. Father Manny. Yeah, you know, you know Father Chevrolet, yeah. you know, please, you know, can, you know. I think that's what that's my whole point of this thing is like I'm sitting here it's you know like you don't count. I don't count, you no. know. I mean, and this just of for course, patience, just some for people patience. can just sense righteousness and evil. <laughs> and those who are and Those are animals. Are the ones who are animals usually can sense that figuring it out, you know, so. But I just thought it was funny, you know, me being, you know, the nervous fuck that I am at times is like, it's like, come on, you know, I'm right here in the same room. But I guess maybe it's like under insurance. They only have to do the uh, the patient, you know, for insurance reason. Yeah, yeah. You know, they figure, you know, you're mobile. You can go out and get communion on your own. Right. Go out there and hustle some communion. Hustle your ass for some communion <laughs> out there in the streets. <laughs> The communion, yes. Something you request. Yeah. It's not something to just hand out. Yeah, you're right, Brian. Anyway, though, um, that was something I noticed last week. Other than that, I lost my pen, so I don't know what I'm doing right now. Well, so, you know, we could talk about... uh, So we talked about the creation of Glenn Styler, and then then, uh, you had a, a long career... And uh, played tons and tons <laughs> of shows, but now, as of now, you've you've retired from from show business. Yeah, for the moment. Yes, because you felt like uh, we you talked about this because a lot of times fans will come to you and go, "Oh, you should play, please, please. Why don't you do some more gigs, please, <laughs> please, please?" And I, I've seen it so many times. It's so that, nice one. Somebody says that, but of course it's it is very nice. But at some point, it becomes tiresome because you have your position. Yeah, well, I mean, you understand why I don't do it. Well, you one time you said you said something that I thought well that's that really sums it up. You said, uh, you know, I started singing. I started doing that because I wanted to feel better about myself, and it worked. Yeah, that's true. And you said, I, I don't need to do it again because I already did it. And he said, I accomplished everything that I wanted to. I, you know, had the admira- admiration of my peers, the recognition of some of my idols. Yeah, and I'm perfectly content to just be a, a music worshiper. You know, that's totally fulfilling to me. And while you know i like the idea of being a performer the reality of it is you know i'm not the kind of person that likes to go and stand and get all the attention you know 
And it did work. You know, it made me feel better about myself. I know I can do that. That's that's cool. I can do it anytime. I can do it right now if I feel like it. But I don't need to. And so I don't. That's all. Yeah, well, I think that's... Uh, it's super... But I still dream about doing it just like I always have. You know, I still wake up and and imagine a show where I open with this song, you know, <laughs> I still do that, you know, and I think you should She's do sing it. in the shower. Yeah. I sing all the time. I still sing all the time. I just don't sing in front of other people. Right. Yeah. If I were to run for mayor again, would you sing for a benefit show? Absolutely not. Why not? Even if we did it from here, if we did it from here. <laughs> no, 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 I, I don't think I would do that. Not what if I begged you? you? No. No, no you people have begged already. It would already. be fun to watch you beg, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would, we could, yeah, get some votes for that. But listen, I saw this story uh, a few days ago um, that um, some guy in Connecticut, an uh, African American in Connecticut, got um, released from all the charges against him. He was charged with rape. Did you hear about this story? Yeah. He yeah. was there for how many years? No, 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 no. This is a story. No, this, no, no, this is not the story. This guy, this just happened recently. And the, the accuser said he was a black man, but his penis was very light colored, more than the rest of his skin. Well, she really got a good look at him, huh? Apparently. Apparently, so. apparently because the defense then, this is what the defense did. They said, okay, the accused, come up here. And they had them in the middle of a courtroom take off his pants and his underwear and show his dick. That's amazing. In, in the courtroom. That's amazing. In the courtroom. And this guy apparently had a really dark, dark-skinned penis. Uh-huh. Where she had said he was very black, but his penis was light. Uh-huh. And he got off, man. Wow. He, the judge said, you know, the wow, jury did. that's all it took? Yeah, that's all it took. But can you imagine you having to show your penis in front of, a, you know, that seems a jury highly, of your peers? Highly you unorthodox. Know? Well, it <laughs> happened in Connecticut, man. Yeah. It happened in, con- in yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, it seems like there would have been another way to handle that. <laughs> no, but apparently there was no hung jury. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the guy uh, he 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 got off in more than one in many ways. I guess I don't know. You know, um, I've had a thing in the news recently about uh, our local electric company using paid actors yeah. to show up yeah. to lobby for yeah. uh, the, the new for plant in front out. of the city council. Yeah. So did you get a? Casting call for that man? No, was that, I did was that not. offered to you? No, no? I did no. not. No, I didn't hear anything about it. And, you know, usually things that say, like, you know, uh, non unions, you know, in under, I'm not going not gonna to sure, do it. Sure, sure, sure. Even though it's a right to work state, you can get union wages. But I don't do extra work anymore, dude. Right, right. I don't even do I was it. just curious. If I was still I, if I was still on the dole, I might, you yeah. know, I might still be uh, doing the not. Well, you no, know, you but, wouldn't have wanted to have done yeah. this. No, no, but, no, 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 yeah. But, uh, but I just thought, you know, how creepy that, that these guys are doing that. They're, they're stacking the, the city council hall so that people at legi- that are legitimate 
uh, citizens yeah. can't even get in. You right, know, there's cause... not room there, and they get yeah. they get timed out because these people that are paid to go. Well, do this. You, you know, you got to get something on your resume if you're an actor. <laughs> you know, you got to get something. You know, so that was happening at the same time yeah. as the Surge and Waterboard. Those big article that came out a few weeks ago about how twenty percent of the customers. Their water bill was like five times what it was supposed to be That's a couple exactly, of months ago. That happened to me. It happened to you? Exactly five times. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like people that usually have like a $70 water bill would get like, you know, a $275 right. water bill. Yep. That's what happened to me. Exactly. And so my account went under investigation and they forgave that bill. Because it said I used 15,000 gallons. I, well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I said, why would I use 15,000 gallons this month and use 1,000 gallons last month? <laughs> right. Right. That's pretty weird. <laughs> I started taking 15 times more baths. <laughs> right. So they forgave that bill, and then they sent me a reasonable bill this month. So oh, okay. I wow. guess they're over trying to fuck me. <laughs> well, the same For thing. Now. I had yeah. a... I had a really bad, I don't know, a bad experience at the, you know, sewage and water board. Also is, we got a bill, it's always been like, and we pay for our tenants water. It's always been about 120, you know, uh-huh. 120. And all of a sudden we got the, I got this bill for like 580. <laughs> wow. You know? And I was like, well, I gotta go fight this. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what this They're fucking is. doing it to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And this was, this was like, a, this was quote unquote right after Katrina where everyone was confused. Oh, oh it was way yeah. back then. Yeah, okay. it was right after Katrina. Goes in. Yeah. So <laughs> I go to fight it. I go, this can't be right. I mean, look at the, I brought copies of the last like 12 uh-huh. bills and stuff like that. And they said, well, we're going to have to give you an interview. You know, someone will go out to your property and meet you. Uh huh. I said, okay, when is that going to be? Well, we'll be in touch. And all of a sudden, I get another letter saying, you still owe this amount of money. We oh, went no. to your place for the meeting. I, was, I never, No one well, ever got in touch with me. Right. How I yeah. <laughs> no one ever got in touch with me. And so I go, to, I go there personally to fight it again. And I said, well, it's too late for you now. You can only go up in front of the, the, the big S&WB guy, you know. Oh, brother. You know, which is going to take like five, seven months. And they might... Shut my water off. Oh shit! And this is the worst thing. Is you know this. This is what we're talking about about the country yeah. so divided, and all that kind of stuff. Well, this is this is uh, you know yeah. examples of our third world city that right. we're living in. And you know? I'm sitting there. I'm going. You know what? All right. I'm going to pay the bill. I have my checkbook. I'll pay the bill. And I said this, only meaning that I said you people are all the same. <laughs> and I meant that about utility companies. Right, right. And all this uh, and this African American woman who was, you know, dealing with me. Right. You know, she took she it as a racial a way, right? yeah, sure, it's a racial sure. offense. And I think from this day on, my bill's a little higher than it should be. <laughs> no. I oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't know. That's this is how, how do you know? I don't know. She's got my ho- a whole account in her arms. Yeah, that's true. She's probably still working well, there, man. You know, you know, I'm not being, and I'm not being racist. I'm just thinking my bill, because she's see, pissed off at me personally. Sure. Right, right, Personally, right. she's she pissed put a mark off. next to your name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whoever's sure. reading this guy's meter, you know, up at a couple of points. Plus 5%. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's all I got, man. Come on, what do you want from me? 
No, well, you know, there's... Is the popcorn ready, Brent? <laughs> Coming up. <clears throat> you know, well, uh, so, Brent, you don't have a funny story to tell? I'll tell a funny story. Yeah, please do. Okay, so, one time, the, actually, I was this... So we're circling back to this green on red recurring theme here. So, I was going to make a record with green on red in L.A., and uh, the some fr- I got there a night early, and some friends of mine picked me up from the airport and drove me to this party, and it was a party in the Hollywood Hills at uh, kind of famous, the wife of a famous person, and uh, my friends were friends of hers, so I'm at this cool party, and I'm standing in the kitchen, and Timothy Leary walks in. And he looks at me and he goes, oh, wow, you're the only other person at this party that's not wearing black. And I said, I guess I am. Because <laughs> he had like some kind of colorful shirt. I think I had something like a fucking canary yellow turtleneck on or something ridiculous. But uh, so he walks over and he starts talking to me. And, and before long, he, he says, well, would you like some acid? You want to do some acid with me? I thought, well, this is really unbelievably unbelievable that this is happening, yeah. you know. And if I were, I mean, I would have to do it, except that I have to start making this record tomorrow, right? And I, I just am not in a position to, you know, so re- you reformulate it? my personality. God. So I, I had to decline. Oh man, wow. that's amazing. But uh, you know. <laughs> I said, I'll always have the memory. <laughs> right. I parted at his house once. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in the Hollywood Hills. I parted at his house once. He's a very nice guy. You know, it's like, I was, I was, I was, I was a, I was a heroin addict then. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, you know, doing your speed and your fucking ass, and I'm not, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. Right, 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 right. Whatsoever. But it's great to be up here. He had a really nice pool and a jacuzzi and yeah. stuff like that. And it was a lot of girls there. Yeah, I could, I, I'll bet. A lot of girls. I'll bet. So I was happy with that. Sure. For about eight hours and then I left. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I got home. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, tonight's been a good night. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. It's I been uh, it's it's quite different from the the yeah, raucous of the Bing uh, room, the the ring room, the yeah. ring room, the, the Bing room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ring room, oh, the ring worm. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. It's 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 often raucous. Over oh, there. so did I? Scraping did I chairs. tell you they were filming all this week? Oh, okay, yeah. What were they filming? Do you know? I have no idea. Someone told me it was a movie, and then someone told me it, it was a TV uh, series. Or porn? No, no. This, no? Is, okay. this is way too big for porn. If this okay. was porn, this would have been the biggest like multi-gangbang <laughs> or orgy you ever seen in a porno flick. Okay, but you're you're not certain no, no. it's not that. So I I went to actually the gym to do a steam a sauna yet last night. Okay. And I went there and I was getting there. I parked the car. And I look across the street to the entrance, and there's all these people coming out in tuxedos and gowns. It's like a, like 50, 70, huh. 80. And they're filming a movie up in the ballroom. Oh, wow. Where it's like a period piece. So all these people. So it's like older 40s. Yeah, 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 30s, yeah. So I'm sitting there with my gym bag trying to get in. Uh huh. 
and um, and all these extras just keep falling out. I feel so bad because they're going in from a really cool environment because the AC uh-huh. is like rocking to outside. To like outside was like wool, 93. wool tuxedos yeah, on wool tuxedos. <laughs> Fucking wools, you know, dresses and all. I oh, felt geez. so bad for. So we're we're not there this week because they're there tonight. They're still there tonight. I think. Okay, we're you good. Know? This worked yeah. out perfect. Yeah, it we worked got, out perfect. Got to have the, uh, and we're, the safe house. We're at the safe house here, which is located on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, this is where the safe house is located. Yes, it's an undisclosed yeah, location. undisclosed location, but. Our host has been uh, very gracious. He's been very quiet in some ways tonight. I'm always quiet. Yeah. Okay. Well, well usually when you what and gets I you sitting, angry? What gets you angry? Talking your head off. Yeah, but <laughs> what is it about? Well, so what is any of this about? You know, we're just just uh, hanging out, shooting the shit. Yeah. Apparently, we have twelve followers right now. I don't know. We have more than twelve followers. Oh, really? We 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 have over six hundred. Uh, Downloads in our oh, in our history. Excellent. Wow. So keep so working at it. You know, it's it's gotta it's gotta you know reach critical mass, people. So keep keep telling each other, and uh, you know, text it to your friends. Yeah. Well, I'm, I I got nothing else tonight except if you want to talk about Roseanne, but I really don't. Yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> I think that, that's been talked out. Yeah. Right? Brent, burning desires. No, Roseanne. <laughs> no, I mean, you have any... Anything you want to talk about before we have you on next week? Because <laughs> you're such an exciting guest. No. Um, uh, look, I'm just I'm just sitting here existing. Listen, okay, can no, you still doing? give me a discount? No, I can't. You can't give me a discount anymore? No, I'm retired oh. now. Oh, is there anyone there that can give me a discount? Um, yeah. If you make a phone call? Yeah, there is one person. <laughs> have to talk about it off the air. Okay. Yeah, well, it's right. not going to be for a few months now. Okay? <laughs> yes. All right, well, well, <laughs> well, good night, and thanks for being here. Oh, well, you're welcome. Okay, so, uh, you know, Trouble Nation. Good night. Good night. <laughs>